Hey guys. Here we go. The basketball world. Four, five. Hello, everybody. I am Darren Kunis, and this is the award-winning Sports 845 podcast. Uh, like I said, I'm Darren Kunis. Along to my left is my main man, Danny Lucky. Danny, the Washingtonville wizard guru, the Section 9 know-it-all. Just ask him. He will tell you. This is Sports 845. My partner, Dick O'Neill, is on assignment in New Orleans. We sent him down there to look at Zion Williamson, and... Uh, he forgot to do that. He just spent too much time in Mardi Gras and walking around the street. But Dick will be back next week with a full report from about LSU, the Pelicans, and everything. Sports 845 is brought to you by Gold Dental. That's located at 60 Jefferson Professional Plaza, the number one dental office to all the Section 9 athletes and their parents. And Berkman Financial. That's berkmanfinancial.com. Or you can reach Danny at... Danny at BerkmanFinancial.com or call him at 646-753-5554. Danny, it is February 11th. There's a few things. February is a dog month when it comes to sports. You're a month from March Madness. You're a month out from spring training games. Yes, pitchers and catchers report. Usually a Met pulls a hamstring and is out for the season day one. Uh, the Masters is in April. So February is somewhat of a lull. College basketball, I said, you're a month away from March. The Masters. But you know what, Danny? Um, there's some things that happened in the month of February. We're going to go back 40 years. We're going to go back 30 years. And one thing, first and foremost, you and I do have something in common. We both have posted. We're both in our 50s. And we still have posters of Lawrence Taylor on our wall. Lawrence Taylor, the great number 56 out of North Carolina, uh, University of North Carolina, comes to the Giants. He turned 61 years old. And to me, my favorite athlete of all time, the greatest football player to ever go on the field, happy birthday to Lawrence Taylor. 61 already. God bless him. The man looks like he could probably still play. And he's he's matured. He was at the Super Bowl and didn't get arrested. Well, he has good babysitters with him, I guess. His boy Dino there usually takes care of him. Yes. Um, listen, talk about peaks and valleys in your life, right? But there's a guy still standing, 61 years of age, great shape. Looks lo- good. Loves his grandkids, looks good. Hopefully there's no more hiccups. Hopefully not. Hopefully still has another 20 years left to go, but... Good God, do I miss him playing on Sundays, I can tell you that. The best that ever played the game. Danny, 30 years ago, tonight, 30-year anniversary of James Buster Douglas knocking out Iron Mike Tyson. It was a 10th-round knockout. I was at a Broadway show that night called Aspects of Love. Hated the show, hated the company, and got the phone call or uh, or an alert, or I don't even know if there were cell phones, saw it on a screen, saw it somewhere that James Douglas at 42 to 1 knocks out Iron Mike Tyson. Do you remember where you were that night? I don't. That was one of the uh, great uh, things and his- most biggest upsets in uh, the history of sports, right? There's a few things. You have that. You have the hockey team. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a second. You know, in retrospect, Tyson getting knocked out by James Douglas, it showed you a few things. And it, yes, it was a tremendous upset that night. I think, though, and when I say retrospect, a good boxer, Muhammad Ali, Larry Holmes, Evander Holyfield, 
was set up where they would beat Tyson. I think Ali would have bloodied him to death and 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 knocked him out. Tyson was a brawler, was never really a great boxer, and Douglas had the night of his life, took it to him. Obviously a huge upset. I think Tyson was looking past Douglas, but he did upset him. Um, and Iron uh, James Douglas defended his title eight months later and got the shit kicked out of him by Evander Holyfield. Hey, listen. He put everything together in one night for one of the greatest upsets in sports history. And I agree with you there. You know, Tyson was an absolute brawler, haymaker after haymaker. You know, not so much a defensive guy. A guy like Ali would probably jab him to death. Yeah. Good defender, make him dance around the ring, get him frustrated. Uh, in my time, Mike Tyson is the best boxer that I've ever seen. You know, in his heyday, not my favorite boxer, right? That goes to Alexis Arguello, who I watched, as I mentioned a few weeks back, uh, get mauled. Uh, by Aaron Pryor in 1981. The Hawk. The Hawk. I loved Arguello, but a Tyson, without a doubt, one of the, the, the best boxers that I have actually seen. He was a dominant heavyweight. Heavyweight, right. And you know what's funny with Mike Tyson? When he was the heavyweight champ, most of America found him to be a villain. Found him to be a, you know, he got arrested, he spent some time in jail. Mike Tyson is now, like, loved by most people. Uh, he, he became a human being after... His troubles. Tyson is, you know, with the Hangover, the movie, and just when his with his speaking engagements. Mike Tyson has become a guy that most people really like right now. I would agree. He, he turned everything around, and like anything else, age does that to you, right? Mm-hmm. You allegedly get a little bit calmer. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little more empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you regret getting that same tattoo on the face that he has? I don't. My wife does, though. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, it just doesn't look good on you. Tyson could do it tough for you. I'd like to know who put him up to that. I don't know. I don't know. But he was great in the hangover. He was awesome. You know, Danny, another thing, and you mentioned it just before, the talking about great upsets. February 20th, 1980, it's hard to believe, 40 years ago that the U.S. Olympic hockey team upset the Russians and then subsequently beat Finland to win a gold medal. Movies made, documentaries made. The only person who uh, did pass on from that team is their uh, head coach, who we all loved. Herb Brooks died in a car accident. But um, I was uh, 12 years old at the time, and I'm 51 now, and nothing has come close to giving me the euphoria, the uh, sports upset that that event did. To me, the greatest single event I've ever seen. Do you think it was because of your age where you were... You're more apt to be impressionable, so to speak, where it's something you'll never forget the rest of your life. As you get older, you have these moments, but you may not take them to heart as much. No, I no, I don't. And I'll tell you why. I was 12 years old, so I did know a little bit about things. You had the hostages getting out of Iran. You had the gas crisis. And to this day, it's probably the only game that's been played, only event where the entire country was rooting for the same team. And watching it, and there's, there's a few things that I'm sure you're aware about with that game. Anybody who tells you they watched it live on TV is lying to you. It wasn't live. It was shown on tape delay. Uh, the United States that year had Eric Hyden won uh, gold medal after gold medal in speed skating. Phil Mayer won gold. Steve Mayer won silver. There was a lot of other things. And the ABC, I believe it was, who had the... Uh, the rights to the Olympics that year, put their, like, not their A team on that game, not their B team, but their C team, a young guy named Al Michaels. 
and the game was in tape delay. The Russians had beaten the United States 10 to 1 in an exhibition at the Garden a few weeks before. And there, quite frankly, there were other stories going on. And the Olympic team was an, the hockey was an afterthought because they didn't want to put them on, they didn't want to embarrass them, to be honest with you. That's what the reasoning was. And then you had, uh, you know, down this, down that, the comeback. Um, you know, um, Aruzioni gets credit for the goal of the lifetime. But um, Mark Johnson scored two goals against Russia. They win 4-3. Brooks, you know, tells them after the game or before the game or at halftime of the Finland, the gold medal game, if you lose this game, you'll take it to your grave, your effing grave. The U.S. comes back and wins 4-2. They have that moment on the podium where Aruzioni calls up everybody. It, was, it wasn't about hockey. It was about country. And I, 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 like I said, I'm 51. I can't tell you anything about hockey. But I can tell you that that event, that sporting event, the hockey game, was the greatest game I've ever seen in my life. It was an incredible, incredible thing. It's the equivalent of the 1992 U.S. Olympic Dream Team in basketball losing to Angola. Well said. Um, what do you got? I remember I was either in fifth or sixth grade. Well, you did fifth twice, so that's what could confuse you. Cole, just give me the okay so I can take this kid outside. Go ahead. Fifth or sixth grade in Round Hill Elementary. Mm-hmm. And I remember a, a stu- uh, an acquaintance of mine, Eric Moen, was in the class. And I don't know if his dad might have been... Uh, NYPD, maybe an FBI, maybe just a fan up there. For for some reason, I think he was in law enforcement or maybe a bodyguard. And he we wind up having you know the old show and tell that you didn't like kindergarten, but because it was such a big event, right, for the country, big upset. I remember his dad bringing in what was allegedly one of the game pucks. Mm-hmm. So imagine as a 10, 11-year-old sure. boy and girls and kids running around. It's something that will stick with me forever. And to this day, I pay attention to hockey. I don't know it, like you know, or I don't have a passion for it, say like college basketball or the Ranger NFL. Ranger playoff games. Ranger That's playoff the extent games. of it. Exactly, right? And I have enough close friends that keep me in a loop with what's going on. I'm on group text. You know, we go back and forth. We break each other's balls. But that moment has stuck with me forever. And you know what? I'm going to make it a point to find out if Mr. Moen was in law enforcement or just happened to. And I'll tell be you there. this: I remember the SI articles, but they were Sportsmen of the Year, the whole team, and pictures and videos surfaced of truckers on one of the interstates in the Midwest when the game went final. Danny pulled over on the side of the road, just honking their horns, and people all over the country chanting "USA." It was an incredible thing that brought the country. Together, it was a great event. That was forty years ago on February twentieth. Amazing. And you know what's interesting too about that? Obviously, we know what all the amateurs, right, that played all you know all college guys, not like the Russians had all the mm-hmm. professionals. If you go through that roster, I did. So many of those young men either came from Minnesota, a couple from BU, and then you got somebody maybe from Bowling Green. Do I, you know why? I don't. I'll tell you why. And I and this is fact. There were six to eight weeks given for tryouts, Danny, for that U.S. Olympic hockey team. And Herb Brooks, watching over practice, saw guys fighting like crazy. And just so happens the best hockey teams, collegiate hockey teams, are Minnesota, Wisconsin, the the places you Harvard, where you mentioned. And Brooks's theory was, if I could get these competitive, talented guys that to play together and not hate each other, I got a shot to win something. 
and he he picked his team six days into it. Maybe there is some truth to that. There is. Well, I don't know. Yeah, you didn't read it about Harvard. I can tell you that. You mean BU? Uh, BU, uh, the, 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 Minnesota, these, yes. Wisconsin. BU and Minnesota, Wisconsin and Minnesota, they were rivals. And in it kind of makes sense, right? Yes. For the average guy, the location mm-hmm. where it is in the state. You yeah. know what's interesting? Their center, Mark Wells, you know where he went to college? No. Bowling Green yeah. in Kentucky. Yeah. I didn't even know Mark, Kentucky had listen, a hockey rink. There's a lot of these guys that, that did play in the NHL, but a lot of them just had a cup of coffee or didn't do anything. Mike Ruzioni, the most famous guy on the team, or Jim Craig, didn't even play in the NHL. It's amazing. It really is. We'll be back right after this. Are you a business owner that needs cash now? Are you tired of the big banks and all the paperwork and wasted time just to get declined? Then it's time to call Berkman Financial. If you've been in business for at least 30 days, Berkman Financial can get you small business financing within 48 hours of completing their quick and easy application. Berkman knows how small businesses work and will work with you to provide unsecured short-term financing to cover your expenses and keep your business running smoothly. It's simply easier and less stressful, so don't delay. Email Danny at BerkmanFinancial.com today. That's Danny at BerkmanFinancial.com. The basketball world! Touchdown! 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 Sports 845. Danny, I wanted to tell you one thing I did before we get to baseball. This past weekend, I went to a great spot. Anybody that's, you know, you don't have to be in this area to go to it. I went to the Cartwright Water Park right here by the casino. Uh, took my daughter, who's 13, and a friend of hers. They had an unbelievable time. The place was clean. It did not smell like chlorine. It was immaculate. And I got to tell you, everybody from the person who met us and greeted us to when we checked out, nicest employees there is. It was unbelievable. I heard it's great. It was a lot of fun. Now, it's a different, it's a private owner, I'm guessing, that's on the grounds of where the casino is. Is that right? Nothing to do with the casino. They just Nothing rent space from EPR. They have a land lease there and they built a beautiful place. You know, and I've, know, I've known people that have, you know, gone to both and it's like you'll drive into this water park and you'll see plenty more cars there than you will see at the casino. A lot of fun. And I'll tell you, the only issue I have, were you a Seinfeld fan? I pay attention. Do you remember the episode with George at the Chinese restaurant? I call Cartwright, no, Cartwright. I, I don't. I'm not really a Every TV time guy. I said the word Cartwright, I had to go, Cartwright, Cartwright. I call Cartwright. Cole, were you familiar with that scene in Seinfeld? No, nobody. Okay, that fell on deaf ears, but it's very funny for those who know the Seinfeld thing. Danny, the Mookie Betts trade to the Dodgers that included David Price has finally gone through. It's official, consummated. The Red Sox move Mookie Betts and David Price to the Dodgers. In return, the Red Sox get Alex Verdugio, Jeter Downs. And Connor Wong. Let me tell you a few things about each of these guys. Verdugo is a highly touted prospect. He could do pretty much everything. They say he could be a five-tool outfielder. Jeter Downs is a 20-year-old guy with 24 home runs and stole 24 bases. And then they get Connor Wong, who's a catcher and an infielder like a Greg Biggio type. Wong also loves wonton soups and many other Chinese foods. So the Red Sox acquire him. Your thoughts, it looks like the Red Sox are just, you know, the Red Sox, if you want to say, could be rebuilding. They do get rid of the price contract. Mookie Betts, apparently they weren't going to sign Boot Betts. You know, he wanted $400 million. Um, So they move on and they get a return for him. We'll see what the return is in the future. You know, I don't have a problem with what the Red Sox did, but here's what I want the Red Sox to do. I don't want the Red Sox to say we're always going to compete against the Yankees. We're going to be an independent race. They need 
to accept the fact that they're rebuilding. I think it's only fair for them to say that to their fan base. None of this BS that, oh, we're going to compete. You just got rid of arguably the first, the second or third best player in baseball. Understandably so. He wanted a fortune, okay? They need to let the fan base know the people who put their asses in the seats, drink the beer, buy the food that pay for a lot of these salaries, just be honest with them. Don't tell them it's all about winning. It's about rebuilding now. I, I kind of disagree with you. I don't think anybody from any organization is going to tell you we're not interested in winning now. I think the it's obvious. Listen, they still have J.D. Martinez on their roster. They uh, Vinintendi didn't go anywhere. I, do I think the Red Sox are going to win the division? No. But with the playoffs and the, type, and the possibility they might expand the playoffs, look at the division. Do you expect the Rays to be as good as they've been? Obviously, we have the Yankees we're going to talk about, and we actually have a phone call right now. We have Mark from Blooming Grove is on the line. Mark used to be, uh, you know, his his moniker growing up was the Massapequa Mauler, uh, very famous in the Long Island Little League in the mid to late 70s, and it's kind of him to take some time to join us. Uh, Mark, do you prefer Massapequa Mauler or Mark? I love, you know what you could call me? I don't know. What's that? The claw. The claws on the phone. Okay, claw. What do you got? What are your thoughts on the Yankees? And you got to be excited. Spring training opens up, you know, momentarily. Yeah. I actually wouldn't mind talking about the playoff structure if you had a minute. Or is that is that not on the table yet? It's on the table. Go ahead. My opinion, silly at best. I think it's. I think it's a phenomenal idea. Okay. What do you got? What do you I'm, like I'm about Yankee, it? I'm a Yankee fan. And I'm going to go with. Let's just assume that it was, I'm going to go with the National League as of 2019, how the playoffs would have been different than what they were. So you have the Dodgers are the one seed, right? They were the one seed, so they're sitting. Your Atlanta Braves would be the two, your Cardinals would be the three, and the Nationals would have been the four. They would have been the highest seed of the wild card. So you have, and then your other three wild cards would have been the Brewers, the Mets, and the Diamondbacks. And by the way, the Diamondbacks would have beat the Cubs by one game, so that whole weekend would have been phenomenal. My my point is, like, just say you have the Braves, and they obviously have the choice of the three teams, and I'm assuming they would want to face the Diamondbacks in a two-game series. Now you go to the three seed, the Cardinals. The Cardinals get to choose either the Brewers or the Mets. Obviously, the Mets would be the sixth seed, and the Cardinals would be the three seed. But you're not going to want to face the Grom and Syndergaard in a two-game series. You're just not going to pick that. So the Cardinals will be forced to pick the better team and the team that they're more in, they're fighting with all, the whole year. And that means the Nationals would have faced the Mets. So you're going to have the Cardinals against the Brewers, the Nationals against the Mets in a three-game playoff series. First of all, New York and Nationals, Washington, that would have been crazy, crazy, because the Mets actually played pretty good against the Nationals. I understand your point. It gets more teams, more cities involved. I don't like the fact of picking and choosing who you're going to play. I think that's, like, ridiculous. Um, I'm very happy with the—I'm content with the playoff structure, how it did change over the last few years. I think the more teams you get involved, uh, to have 14 teams or 16 teams in a playoff— In baseball, the season is long enough. Obviously, they would probably, I would assume, shorten something. But I I don't like that, you know, the wild card game, if you want to make any change, make the wild card game a two out of three series instead of one or or go home. But I I respectfully disagree with, you know, I understand the the theater of it and everything and choosing the team, but um, I just don't like it. Danny? Here's the thing. Major League Baseball is... 
a dying sport. Nobody wants to accept it. No longer America's sport. The NFL can do whatever they want. They can play every day of the week. Ratings through the roof. People like it. They have so much exposure. They make so much dough, the NFL. They play 16 games a year. So with that, the and this world, by the way, in my opinion, is revolved around this dopey reality TV shows. I can't stand any of it. And kind of this is what the baseball is looking to try to do, maybe to get more fans to pay attention. They can line their pockets some more with the games. I don't know. I'm more of a traditionalist. Um, I don't care either way. It's not going to affect my life in in any way, shape, or form. But I just think if they're now going to allow professional sports to go this reality TV level, give me a break. Um, Claw, what are your thoughts going into the season? You're a Yankee fan. What are your thoughts? You Obviously, you're thrilled to death. You get yeah. Garrett Cole. You saw what the Dodgers did. You don't have to worry about the Dodgers until late October. And if the playoffs go your way, you'd be late yeah. November. So what are your thoughts on, uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts with the Yankees? What's your concern, if any? My concern is... Injuries? We Well, we had such a great regular season last year with these guys who came out of literally nowhere, the third baseman. You left field the Talkman. I think he got injured late in the year. He was really good. Voight, I hope that we can reproduce that. And we don't have as much room now for error as we did last year. Because last year you had LeMayu. He could play third. He could play first. He could play second. This year you're putting him at second base. So you're losing a little bit of your flexibility. Of, I mean, he was great for us last year. And he was kind of like a utility guy going into the year. Now he's expected to be your second-best player besides you. He's expected to be your second-best player this year. I don't think we're going to have a lot of problems, to tell you perfectly honest with you. I think we're going to be real good. I think we're going to start off slow. I think Cole is going to real start off slow. I really do. Why? Do Why do you think he's going to start off slow? Why would he? Because most guys, most big free agents, when they come to a new team, they just don't have as good a year as the previous year for the first couple of months. Yeah. That's how I feel as a Yankee fan. Lemayhu did. Lemayhu was fine from the get go, and you know what, Mark is—is is that your way of hedging your play? You guys loving the fact that they signed Cole, so now you're going to put on this award-winning show. You're going to cover yourself a little bit. Well, usually he's going to start out slow. Yeah, well, I think he's going to start out slow. But here's what I'll say: I think they're going to be phenomenal second half of the year. Listen, here's what you do have with the Yankees that you didn't have last year. You have Miguel Andujar, who is, you know, uh, two years ago, we were talking about Miguel Andujar. I'm not getting, I don't want anything to do with getting a third baseman because I got Andujar. You know, obviously he has to work on his defense. I, I can't believe how down Yankee management is, apparently, on Clint Frazier. Frazier's a very good player. I would give up a lot to get Frazier on the Mets. You, uh, Gary Sanchez is in good shape. Uh, Aaron Judge, you're, you know, presumably you're going to have for the whole year. And by the way, you're also getting back a former National League MVP who had 58 home runs in Giancarlo Stanton. And I know Yankee fans, for some reason, love to hate this guy. He's the scapegoat no matter what. But your team, and you signed Garrett Cole, but you also get Sanchez back for the year, Judge back for the year, Andujar back for the year, and the return of Giancarlo Stanton. You have a bullpen with Chapman. I don't think the Yankees will have any problems. And you know what? I think they're a 100-win-plus team, and it's all going to come down to the Dodgers and, again, the Astros at the end of the year. That's what your success is. The regular season for the Yankees is going to mean zero. It's all going to be about the four weeks in October. Yeah, and I also think it's going to work out well for Paxson. 
Paxton, um, it's not going to work thing. out well for. Paxton is on the DL. He's not available for four months. Yeah, but that, I think that's what helps him. He's got. He's not going to come back till June. He's going to be able to throw 150 innings. He's probably going to go like 13 and five with like a 3.2, and he'll be he'll be pumped for the postseason rather than having this guy try to throw 200 innings. I don't think he's ever done it. I think it's going to work out good for him. And if I could say one other thing, just to switch the subject a little bit, and I'm, this is rehashing, but circle June 2nd on your calendar because that's the first time that this guy, Altuve, is going to have to hear any kind of music about what happened because he got very lucky. They're not playing the Dodgers at all this whole year, and he's not going into Yankee State until September like 20th, I think. The season's going to be pretty much over. But so- June 2nd, he's at, he's at City Field. You know what? I think we should give it to him. And in fact, some Yankee fans, I'm going to be there that night. And because he's a cheater and he deserves what he gets. And now, you know uh, let me just caught. stop. Let me just ask you a question. I happen to agree with you, cheater, the whole thing like that. But you are the same guy that rooted for Giambi, rooted for A-Rod, rooted for Pettit, rooted for all of these guys, right? He, I love Giambi. Yes. Okay, so you're so right. let's you're, let's I just as a Yankee right. fan, let's just tone it down a little bit. Well, I know that the Astros, you know, it's amazing, you know, these people and I'm not, you know, yes, you, Mark, these people who live in glass houses, you know, it's all it's horrific when someone else does something, but and I do think the Astros went above and beyond the steroids, but let's not let's not be we're the perfect people. I think the angle uh, I, that I, Mark I, may be taking, okay, is that the, I despise the Yankees. They, I don't. They were classy guys to watch play, okay? With the classy? Well, they, A-Rod smacked the ball out of a first baseman's hand. You get A-Rod the, yelled boo when a, when a Blue Jay went to catch the people ball. People dislike them because they were so good, right? They always had a target on their back. Eh. Altuve has not stopped running his mouth More the Bregman. entire year. I think, and Bregman as well. And by the way, where's Verlander? No, I listen. So I think that's where he's going, Mark. I apologize for interrupting. Mark, you may I, continue. Mark, I think you're right. I think they did go over the line, but I'm just saying let's just be careful here. Mark, uh, the Massapequa yep. Mauler, thank you for the call. We appreciate, appreciate you listening. That great show. Thank you very much. You guys do a great job. Thank you. Um, let's go over a few things, Danny. A few things in the baseball landscape since spring training opens up. Uh, tell me the biggest move here. Um, I think we both agree, Cole to the Yankees. But let me give you a few others you pick out of this. Dallas Keuchel goes to the White Sox. Madison Bumgartner goes to the Diamondbacks. Yasmani Grandel, you could argue one of the best catchers in the league, goes to the White Sox. The Rangers grab Corey Kluber. The Braves take on Cole Hamels, maybe trying to strike lightning in a bottle, getting one more year out of Hamels. Anthony Rendon's a big deal. He joins Mike Trout uh, in Anaheim. Two guys getting paid close to a billion dollars. The Phillies land Didi Gregorius, Zach Wheeler, and the bigger thing the Phillies do is they get Joe Girardi. And another big deal is the Nats, what they didn't do is they didn't lose Steven Strasburg as well. Yeah, I think uh, Girardi going to manage them, is I think, is a real big pickup for them. Um, the guy knows how to manage the locker room and knows how to manage egos. And I also like Rendon playing out there with Trout. Yeah. You know, I think, they just uh, I think those so are the, much more. They do. Uh, but they're both, you know, electrifying players. They both get paid a fortune. Good for them. They've earned it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I think Girardi is probably the biggest deal, you know, amongst you know those other free than agent the Garrett signings. Cole thing. Correct. I, I'd like to see. I'm interested to see how Madison Bumgartner does this year because everybody talks how you know the guy was absolutely amazing in his postseason history. It's 
he just hasn't won many games during the regular season and really didn't look that great. Now, you're going to sit there and point that, you know, he didn't play for a good team. Well, again, they're expect the Diamondbacks are very confusing. They lose A.J. Pollock. You know, they get rid of him. They trade Zach Granke to the Astros, and then they go out and spend money for Bumgarner. So well, I don't know if they're rebuilding, retooling, or, you know, trying to make a playoff run. Obviously, it's a little bit of everything, but it's a little confusing. Yeah, I could see that. It's hard to, uh, you know, it is hard to follow. I don't know much about, you know, what their thought process is, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, baseball is strictly a regional kind of game. Nobody cares what's going on out west. It's just how it is. It's not like the NFL. No. I mean, you have the Dodgers, and they'll be exciting. The Padres are a team on the come. Um, the White Sox, I'd like to see the White Sox be better. You know, they made some moves this year. A team that uh, I don't root for, but it, it it it's one of the founding fathers of Major League Baseball. I'd like to see the Cincinnati Reds play well. Yeah, I think that's good for the baseball. You know, I want to ask you something. Who's, the, who's the big, uh, who was the big free agent signing a couple of years ago that went out to San Diego? Manny Machado. Manny Machado. Isn't it amazing? They bury him in San Diego. Good for him. Doesn't have to deal with the media. Gets paid a fortune. There's an example of you don't even hear about the guy. You'll hear about him if the Padres are winning. He was buried in Baltimore. Yeah, and, and if, if he comes to New York, it's I don't think he could be the same player if he if he came to New York. I really don't. Yeah, The uh, did we cover the Baseball Hall of Fame inductions? We went over that, right? We, we did. did. Okay, yep. so there's no need to rehash that. No. Pitchers and catchers. You can re- only stroke Gita so much. P- pitchers and catchers report. The uh, rest of the rosters come in. We'll go play our futures. We'll have a contest here. I'm guessing, Cole, maybe you could look it up. I'm guessing the over-under for the 2020 Yankees, I'm going to say, is 102 and a half. Let me just give you some over-under totals for the 2020 season. Uh, the Astros are 97. Uh, let me see if there's anything here that uh, may interest you. The Dodgers are 99. The New York Mets are 86 and a half. Nationals 89 and a half. Uh, the New York Yankees, I guessed at 102 and a half. They're 101. Uh, the White Sox, I talked about 84 and a half. Let's see the uh, the garbage. The Detroit Tigers are 55 and a half. Um, the Phillies 85, so the Mets actually have a higher win total projected. Mariners 67. Where are the Diamondbacks? 83 with Baumgartner. The Cubs are a team on the decline. You could see a move with Chris Bryant. And let me just find you the Red Sox. And you know what? We didn't even talk about this. The Red Sox, we the, the team is reporting. They trade Mookie Betts. I wonder if the Red Sox have any intention of hiring a manager at any time soon. But here's an under that I would jump on, and I don't know when this was posted. The Boston Red Sox have a total of 89. When was this article written? This is January 14th, so Betts is not, you know, they still have bets on the Red Sox. But 89 is an awfully high number for the Red Sox, the way they're constantly. Without a manager? I would agree. Yeah. We'll be back right after this. Been looking to improve your smile? Gold Dental can help. From subtle changes to major repairs, their state-of-the-art dental practice offers a full range of cosmetic services. Doctors Brian Gold, Mo Corella, and Thomas Torres can help to make your smile shine. Missing teeth? Implants are a great option. Periodontist Dr. Sid Tucker can help restore your smile. Starting to see the gray line from older crowns? Gold Dental has an entirely ceramic option that eliminates old, fake-looking crowns. Schedule your free initial consultation today. Gold Dental participates with most insurance plans and offers care credit financing. If you don't have dental insurance, 
ask about the Gold Dental Savings Plan. If you have an emergency, give Gold Dental a call. Most emergency appointments can be made the same day. Gold Dental, located at the Jefferson Street Professional Plaza in Monticello. Call today at 794-5411 or at golddentalny.com. Gold Dental, big enough to serve you professionally, small enough to serve you personally. Four, five. Moving on to college basketball, we get treated twice a year. Sometimes more with the ACC tournament and then the NCAA tournament. But we're treated, we, and it really is a treat to watch North Carolina play Duke. This one took place at the Dean Dome on Roy Williams Court. And I'll get to Roy Williams in a second. You had another classic where, you know, North Carolina is not the team that they usually are. They're not a very good team. They will not make the NCAA tournament unless they win the ACC. I don't believe the ACC is down, though. But Carolina has a 13-point lead with about 3.56 to go. They cannot make a free throw. The, um, I did not like Roy Williams coaching the last at the end of any big game. I'll talk to, to the legendary coach in a second. He'll chime in. But Duke comes back and wins the game in overtime. Another um, display, I thought, of poor coaching in overtime. Carolina up six with two minutes to go in overtime. Still can't finish it. Um, real quick on college basketball, and I want to get to something first and foremost uh, regarding college hoops. It was an absolute treat again. And I'm so happy that Robert Montgomery Knight returned to Assembly Hall. Indiana played Purdue. They honored the 1980 NCAA champion uh, Indiana Hoosiers. And Bobby Knight was there. Quinn Buckner, Scott May, Isaiah Thomas, who was not obviously not on that team. But a lot of the guys were there. Uh, former great Indiana basketball players who played for Bobby Knight. And they absolutely love him. The state of Indiana loves him. And Bobby Knight returned to a raucous ovation. He didn't look great, but he didn't look as bad as I thought he would look. And, you know, led the, uh, you know, chance of defense. It was very good to see him. Coach, you are in New Orleans. Um, your thoughts first on Robert Montgomery Knight returning to Indiana. Well, one, I'm glad he returned. And two, I'm glad they didn't really let him speak too much. You know, just let him lead the cheers, that kind of thing. I think he may have gotten into a, some kind of a tirade. Because from what I'm understanding, you know, he's uh, got a bit of dementia or, you know, whatever the situation is. But I'm glad the way they handled it, I think they did a good job with that. And it was good to see him go back, that's for sure. Absolutely. Dick, before we get to Carolina and Duke, Baylor 22-1. and They still have on their – they're the number one team in the country. They still have two matchups with Bob Huggins in West Virginia. They go to Kansas, and they have Texas Tech. Gonzaga's number two. Their only loss this season was to Michigan. Uh, San Diego State is undefeated. They haven't played anybody. Nobody. Not a team in the top 30. Louisville is a team that could win it all. I guess any of these teams can win. Florida State, Kentucky, Texas Tech have picked off Louisville. Uh, Duke sits there at 21-3. Dayton, who has two losses, one to Kansas, one to Colorado. Florida State, to me, is a team that can win it all. Then you have you round it out with Maryland and Seton Hall. Dick, your thoughts on college hoops, your thoughts on Carolina Duke? Well, I think the big game was, and I think you had a little backwards 
Baylor beat Kansas at Kansas. Okay, so the, so uh, then Kansas comes to Baylor. I apologize. Yeah, and I think that was a huge win for them. I think that's why they're number one, to be honest with you. You know what, Dick? But you're Kansas, right. Baylor's only losses yeah. to Washington early in the year. I apologize. The very first game, I think they got beat. Yeah, I think they uh, got beat the very first term, and they ran off 21 in a row here, I think, or 22 in a row, whatever they yep, are. Yep, you're correct. Point. But you're right. Darren, I think this is the most open that the college basketball has ever been. You know, there are so many different – look at Seton Hall moving into the top eight now all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm glad to see we're getting some representatives from the east. It looks pretty good that way. And Duke, I'm telling you, I'm more impressed with them every time I watch them. You know, I just uh, – they find a way to win. Well, they, 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 win. they always do. Coach, I, I, I'm going to defer to you for this. I, yeah. I, I, you know how I am with the Tar Heels. I love North Carolina, right. I, and you yeah. also know that I've never been enamored with Roy Williams. Um, right. Did Roy Williams hurt them in that game against Duke? Listen to me. I'm starting to agree with you. I think he hurt him big time. I mean, starting with the 13 point lead. How they do that at home when they got Duke on the ropes, and you know when that crowd was ready to explode in that place. I just don't know how they let that get away from him. But that's not the thing. I think he's cost them a, a few games lately because they've been pretty much in every damn game. They just can't find a way to win. And I'll tell and, you this. You know, he, here's yeah. what I didn't like, Coach. I did not like it, and I don't like it in any game, but again, I'm asking you. You know your team is 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 horrific at the free throw line. I, I Why they allowed Trey Jones, they gave him layup after layup, and they were exchanging basically two points for one or zero on the other end because Duke was going to score and foul. And they allowed Trey Jones to take nothing off the sh- off the uh, game clock, just uh, get into the lane, make a free throw, and then they were fouling immediately and Carolina couldn't knock him down. I can understand well, that happening once, but they let it happen five times. Well, here's the big thing. Trey Jones was getting in there because Cole Anthony had four fouls. I'd have switched Anthony off of somebody. I'd let Anthony guard the guard the bench for Christ's sake and put somebody else on Trey Jones. Yeah, I didn't he understand was, it. Yeah, and you know he's playing with four fouls. He's a freshman, never been in that situation before. At least at that level. At least at that level, he's going to be a great player. Obviously, he's a great player, but he just had no defense for what Trey Jones was doing. And no. Trey Jones knew it. Trey no, Jones exactly. It. And he was getting no help from the rest of his teammates. I mean, there was nobody to be found. And that, you know, you gotta, you got to do something. you got to change things up. When things are going bad, he should have maybe went some zone, maybe, maybe forced Duke to shoot some threes, that kind of Anything thing. Anything just to just, allow time to right. come off the clock because you're not playing Duke at that time. You're playing the clock. The other right, thing – go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the uh, other thing that was, that was just absolutely awful with that Duke-Carolina game is they took a classic great game – and these goddamn TV timeouts and reviewing every play at the end of the game, yeah. you had 46 seconds that took 28 minutes. Yeah. The, the, game is, the college game is starting to get like football. I mean, there is no flow to the game when that happens, obviously. Uh, and it gives the team from behind a whole lot of opportunity to one, set up plays or set up defense and gives them – giving them extended timeouts for crying out loud, and it becomes no flow of the game. And, and that, that upsets me as much as anything. So, I did hear, uh, I, I did hear uh, Coach K after the game, and he, did, he echoed what you just said. He's not that worried about timeouts anymore, about using them and, or, or, or holding on to one, because he knows at the end uh, of the game he's going to get 10 freebies. Exactly. 
And you don't have to worry about substituting because these kids are tired. They don't get tired. You can't just can't play a minute and get tired or play two minutes, and all of a sudden you're going to have a five-minute delay, play two more minutes, and then another replay. Kids don't get tired. you yeah. know. And plus, what on top of all the TV timeouts, I mean, if you can keep kids out of foul trouble, you can go with your starters for most of the game without them getting really tired. You know, it's amazing the way the game has gone. And you know, do Hey, Coach, you know, Duke typically only plays six or seven guys, and now with right. this new TV timeout and all this other garbage, it makes it so much easier for Krzyzewski to – those kids could easily play a full game. So, so easy. Uh, yeah, you know, Bosch, and again, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of Duke haters out there, but Mike Krzyzewski knows what the hell he's doing. I mean, it just, you know, he, he knows the buttons to push. He knows what timeouts to do. You know, let's face it, he's had always great places, great players to, you know – perform and execute some of these things but you got to put yourselves in the your kids in the position to win and he does it without fail he's a master motivator listen too. i'm a carolina guy yeah. that that roots for duke i'm a met fan that roots for the yankees the giants that root for the jets college basketball is better when both duke and carolina are good um coach uh, uh cole anthony he reminds me of a Derrick Rose. He's incredibly strong. He can rebound the ball well. He's tough to guard one-on-one -on -one because of his strength. I think what Anthony has to do is he has to handle the ball a little bit better, and he has to become a much better player on defense. But Cole Anthony, you're right, and it's a shame because Cole Anthony should be back in school next year, but there's zero chance he will. I was just going to, you're taking the words out of my mouth. There's no way he's coming back. One, he's had the injury scare here now that's kept him out a little bit. And I don't, you know, I don't know where he sees his game going the way, you know, improving the way they're doing. I just think he's, he's, he's a lot to come out as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Coach, I went over the top 10 with you and I'm guilty. I haven't watched these two teams play that much, but I want to ask you, Dayton, San Diego State, Baylor. Which one of those three teams can go the furthest in the tournament? I told you San Diego State, undefeated, but hasn't played a soul. Yeah. Dayton has two losses, one to Kansas, one to Colorado. I don't consider Gonzaga a uh, Cinderella anymore, obviously. That, that ship has sailed. But Dayton, San Diego State, or Baylor? Haven't watched much of any of them. Well, here's the thing. I, if, with those three, I think because of Gonzaga's experience there, and the kind of players he has, the four-year guys, the size he has, and his big players play very, very well, has the best chance to advance. But any of those three, uh, Dayton may have the best player in the country in Toppin. The thing yes, Omar Toppin is very good. So just amazing, amazing. Mm -hmm. And San Diego State, they get up and down the floor. I mean, they're, they're maybe the team that I don't want to play in the tournament. Okay. Coach, uh, you're having a great time in New Orleans? I am. Diane and I are sitting here in about 10 minutes. We're on our way to see Zion play tonight against the Dame Lillard at the uh, at the Smoothie King Smoothie King Arena. How's that for a name? Well, Dick, I want to just say two things before I let you go. Um, one, the Knicks are you know 30 games under 500. They don't know anything about playoffs, and to sit in the Garden it could cost you 2,500 dollars. I understand yeah. you're going to see Damian Lillard. And Zion Williamson along with Brandon Ingram, Carmelo Anthony. You've got, you know, two good teams playing. And the, what do the tickets go for there? Uh, we're sitting in the second section, 118, and they were $55 a piece. Unbelievable. Now, well, here's a better one. Here's a better one. We went and watched the LSU girls play an SEC game against Missouri in the Pete Maravich Athletic Center. 
which I sent you a video. It's just gorgeous. Watch, I, I put it on Twitter so you'll be able to see it. But it costs us a buck apiece to get in. To a women's well. basketball game, LSU. And it's kind of like sit, sit where you want. I mean, we was we were originally in uh, right in the middle of the court, section 104, maybe 15 rows up. But the seats were so close to each other, I moved back up, you know, like the handicapped, and we sat right in the middle there. And it was, I mean, it was a dollar a piece. It was unbelievable. Listen but to anyway, that, Dick. Dick O'Neill, yeah. our partner, gets tickets for a dollar and still sits in the handicap <laughs> section. Dick, I want to just say he's one, a big man. He needs the leg room. Dick, I want to say one yeah. thing on a serious note before I let you go, and thank you for calling in. Uh, I spoke to you earlier. Uh, yeah. Michael Snowden, local resident from Monticello, teammate of mine, player of yours, Michael Snowden of Monticello, passed away yesterday. Um, any any comments? Yeah, just 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 a good guy and a good man. Uh, he uh, really supported my program, and uh, yeah, I, that, that was a surprise when you called me today. I felt a little, you know, that kind of gutted me a little bit, and uh, you know, I hope. There's no, uh, you know, I feel bad. I hope there are no plans until I can get home and, and get up and see the family and that kind of thing. But, when, when are you coming yeah. back? Friday? Thursday night. Late. Thursday night? Yeah. Okay, I'll keep you posted. Dick, say hello to Diane. Dick O'Neill calling us from New Orleans where he will attend the Portland-New Orleans Pelicans game tonight. Yep, I'm looking forward to this, so we'll see. Dick, thank you very much. Okay, guys, have a great show. Once again, uh, I am Darren Kunis. Uh, Danny Lutke, Botch, is next to me. Uh, this show is sponsored by Gold Dental at 60 Jefferson Professional Plaza and Berkman Financial. You could reach Berkman Financial at Danny at BerkmanFinancial.com or calling 646-753-5554. Danny, the NFL offseason, you have the XFL. Do you pay any attention to XFL? I didn't, actually. Not, I didn't watch one play. Matt McGloin led the New York, uh, what the hell are they called? Uh, the Guardians. The Guardians to a, uh, a lead and a win. And how about this? The XFL series. Pepper Johnson. Um, where I think he man is the defensive, defensive co- coordinator for a team out west, right? Fired after 40 minutes of game. Hey, man, they 40 mean business. Minutes. 40 they mean minutes business. they fire him. Who would have thought the XFL would have lasted longer than Pepper Johnson? You think this lead, league can sustain anything? Uh it's not going to get you know my ass to the TV set. I can tell you that, but I hope for their sake it does work out. Yeah, you know, so do Andrew I. Luck's dad, I think, right, is running the whole thing. Oliver Luck, right, is he the head of? He's the- involved. It's obviously a McMahon's thing, but uh, you know what was uh, the Meadowlands uh, Giant Stadium? Yeah, how many people they had in attendance? Nineteen thousand. Seventeen thousand. And you know, I read something. I don't want to take the credit for it. They're better off playing over where that uh, that soccer team plays there in Kearney or Newark. In that little stadium, rather than an eighty thousand stadium, and trying to you know cover it up. Yeah, well, we'll see. I hope it the does Metro sus- Stars. I think they play over there in Newark. We'll see. Hopefully, it does sustain. It's fun. You know, football's football. You can watch it anytime. Uh, let me give you some uh, some uh, off season NFL stuff to watch. Free agency period starts the first week in March. Um, Tom Brady. Your thoughts on Brady? Where does he go, or what happens with Brady? Let's go through a few of these guys. I I would like to think you know Brady doesn't really go far. Uh, he's probably staying in New England. Um, I'm not sure what the waiting game's about. I can't see it being over money, right? They talk each year after year that Brady is taking a pay cut and he wants to get good players around him. As you know, Kraft is funneling money to his TB12 Foundation and you know sports health thing that he's backed. 
it can't be a money issue at this point. I don't know what the what the, what the issue is. You know, I think Brady is really getting his hands dirty now with Belichick and Kraft. Maybe seeing, hey guys, what can we do to bring this in? We want to get one more, right? He's not getting any younger. I would be shocked if he went elsewhere. You know, I know it's happened to the great ones, right? Joe Montana left. Joe Namath left. It happens. It exists. I get it. I just can't see Tom Brady playing otherwhere and any anywhere other than New England. I would be totally shocked. Um, I think they could, you know, get some few more players around him. You know, Gronk I think is officially over now. There's not a chance of him coming back, right? Um, I think there's a chance. You know, I I think it's I think he had the opportunity, and I, I don't think another year. Um, He'll come back, but I'd be shocked if Brady left. I would. Okay, I, I've said it from the beginning. I think it's, you know, I think for Brady, I think it's the Patriots. I think that's where he goes. But if he does go somewhere else, I do believe it's the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. That's where I've said I believe he ends up if it's not the Patriots. But again, to me, Brady's a Patriot. Um, Cam Newton. And this is interesting. This, you know, you're going to have quarterback musical chairs, and these are some pretty good players out there. Uh, where do you think Cam Newton goes? How about San Diego? I have Newton. I, I think, and, and yes, San Diego could certainly be in play. They said goodbye to Phillip Rivers. I'm going to give you the Chicago Bears. I'm going to give you the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to even say the Miami Dolphins. And I would say the Chargers. I think, you know, Cam Newton could end up there. I also could see Cam Newton ending up in New England. Like I said, I'm going to give you five guys here that are good players that still have something left. Tam Cam Newton is not going to New England. I, 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 that not, was my fifth I choice. If, I, I would agree. And I don't think he's going to Chicago either. For whatever reason, I just don't think Cam Newton is a cold-weather quarterback. There's got to okay. be something to be said about that. It's what it is. All right, fine. Um, you know, I think we both agree with this guy, though. I think we both agree that Drew Brees is a New Orleans Saint. Do, are you, do, am I right? Forever. And listen, he, he he kind of fleeced the Saints and took every penny he could. Good for him. He didn't fleece anybody. Uh, he earned it, but you get the idea. He never once, you know, uh, I'm not going to say he didn't give any money back, but he wasn't, it was all about, he wanted top dollar. He took every last dollar he As could. As he should. I, I get it a little bit. When you get to that number, I mean, uh, listen, capitalism, I'm all about it. But he, you don't need to take that much if you can get some better players around him. Obviously, not his fault. He was able to play in the Dome. I think that helped his career tremendously. I, too, with those two, for some reason, I just think Brady and Breeze, they're just different than those other old-time quarterbacks. I don't think they're going anywhere. I think they're each staying home. Uh, Cam Newton, I'm going to say San Diego, and I think Rivers, you know, maybe they— Maybe Rivers goes down to, you know, Tampa. Who knows? I, it's funny you just said that. I was just thinking of a team, and I think I could see if, if something breaks up with Jameis Winston or they you know they don't want to give him $30 million, I could see Rivers going to Tampa. I don't know what happens in Dallas, if Prescott, how that works out, but I could also see Rivers landing there. Yeah. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is going to get paid this year. And the Dolphins have a pick, you know, in the top five. They'll probably draft Tua if he's there. But Teddy Bridgewater could be a good guy to teach him the ropes in Miami. I just don't think Teddy Bridgewater. I think Bridgewater wants to start. I think Teddy Bridgewater and stay there and be a part of and the he, future. And he should be a starter. Yeah. I think he's earned that right. I'm not too big on this kid Tua coming out, but I don't know. They must see something that I don't. Too, too injury prone, man. And it's, you know, jumping from Alabama to the NFL, that game is quick and fast. Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback at all. 
give Derek Carr the weapons. And two years ago, we were talking about him as an MVP. Um, you know, I think if the I do believe this: if the Raiders of Las Vegas do sign Brady, obviously Brady's starting. I feel bad for Derek Carr. Not feel bad, but I, I don't know if that's the right move. Well, it's starting to come to fruition now that if 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 that that does happen, you know, maybe Gruden, you know, is really isn't a car guy. You know, that's how it kind oh, yeah, of started I, off when I he first he went is. there and they paid him a fortune. But you know, serviceable quarterback, you know, has the potential. He kind of is caught between a rock and a hard place. Listen, if they can get Brady, it's win now. You got to get him. It's what it is. Yeah. I don't think he's leaving. But, you know, gun to my head, I'll take Tom Brady over Derek Carr. Of course. I of mean, course. as most would. So, let, just to follow up here, you and I both have Brady going to the Patriots. We both have Breeze going to the Saints. Cam Newton, we gave you a few teams. Miami, San Diego, uh, the Raiders. Uh, Rivers, we think, could end up in Tampa, but we don't think he's going to be back in San Diego. Bridgewater, we'll see what happens with him. Mariota's out there. I'd love to see the Giants pick him up. I really would. Yeah, I guess it would be a good backup. But, yeah. You know, Let me give you another guy. You talked about... No possibility of Gronkowski coming back. I, I think the, I think Gronkowski is still, you know, 60-40 he could come back. But here's a guy that I think you might hear some rumblings about. And he, he puts his name in here and the landscape changes. Andrew Luck. I'm not buying that he's done playing football forever. What do you think he stepped away from? I mean, these guys could have could he could have a very very private life. Maybe, Maybe. something was going on personally. I don't know, but if Andrew... I would, I, I don't think. I think he's a man of his word. I think he's you know he's from Stanford, bright bright guy. I just think that doesn't he, mean he, anything. Nobody may but he may have. I think he may have lost the desire and wanted to move on with the injuries and stuff. You know, I don't. I'm all. I'm not. I have no information, but that he's coming back. But I'm just saying to you, I would not be surprised if you hear Andrew Luck could be coming back. And in the event he did, do you think it eventually will come out that he had something going on personally? It could have been something know. traumatic. I have no you know, idea. We don't know. I have no idea. Other than I think Maybe he wanted to rest. He didn't like his offensive line. He wanted to rest for a year. I don't know. Yeah, we'll Robert see. Smith did it. Barry Sanders did it. Jim Brown did it. Yeah. Right. Luck well, they didn't come it. back though. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. didn't come back. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll get into the NFL draft, the combine start. You know, that comes up in April. I am optimistic. I have to be with my New York football giants. Um, I don't think the giants are going to be as bad as they've been. I saw improvement this year. I'm very, I'm more than content. I'm happy with Daniel Jones. Um, let's go get a pass rusher. Let's get a defensive guy. Let's get a few. Let's just Take the draft and draft defense, 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 and O-line. That's it. I would agree. And let the chips fall they make. We need a secondary bad and a pass rusher. Um, okay, what we have left is Section 9, and we're going to cover that as soon as we get back. Danny ESPN every year, every year, every day I think now, does their top 10 plays of the uh, of the night uh, throughout the country. And John S. Burke, um, lo and behold, I'm making bagels, putting cream cheese on them. I'm looking up at the TV and I see number one play, Chris Schust of John S. Burke, a buzzer beater from three quarters court over Warwick. And you sat down with Chris for the Sports 845 Spotlight of the Week. You know, um, an amazing shot. And Burke went on to beat Warwick. Burke had a pretty good week. This week they did lose to 
to uh, Goshen. But you sat down with Chris, and that'll be aired in this segment. Your thoughts on on, on uh, the young man? Well, I'll tell you what, guys. If anything you do this week, please make it a point to listen to that segment of the podcast. You were that good? No, Chris was that good. Oh, okay. Very humble, great, great young kid. Comes from good stock. Uh, it was very heartfelt. I think he's very humble. Uh, very happy where he is with his decision. Um, he did sign a D1 soccer scholarship. but Soccer player of the year, and his dad was the coach of the year. That is correct. Three-sport athlete, baseball, basketball, and soccer. Just a genuinely really, really nice young man. It's someone that I will root for, and I'm actually embarrassed to say this on air, but I'll say it anyway. I'm actually going to pay attention to his soccer career, a sport that I despise. He's that nice of a young man. I'm very happy for him. So that interview will be part of the Section 9 report. Danny, you went to, uh, let's see, you went to the Newburgh Suffern game last night, the night before. I did not make it to the game. I had all intent on making it. I don't know where you get your information from, but I'll tell you this. I followed it as closely as I could. I wasn't able to get there. First off, I did not realize Section 1 Suffern has some resume. 15, 16, and 2. I think they lost to Mount Vernon earlier in the season. Play a tough schedule. Points against, 40 points. They only give up 40 points a night. You're going to win average, a lot of games. They gave NFA a run for their money. And NFA stands at what right now? NFA is 15 and 1 by that win last night. They'll probably roll over VC this week. Their only losses to Don Bosco. Uh, they have. They play this week, they play Kingston, I believe, which is kind of an important game. But again, clicking on all cylinders, I didn't realize Suffern gave them a run for their money. Good gotcha. good team. And your Washingtonville Wizards, how did they do this week? Well, is there any change in your thinking? Let's start with double A. Any Newburgh is there. Newburgh's your winner. Newburgh absolutely is the clear winner. Um, you know, a Kingston team you always have to be careful for, right? Because they always have the athlete. They have excellent, excellent guard play. They got run out of the gym by Greeley, a team from the city. They lost by about 50 points in this, in, in this showcase tournament. Yeah. But then they bounced back and they had a good win against, you know, Pinebush. Um, you know, they finished off the week blowing VC out. Very, very, very good. And I'm telling you right now, Dick's not here to break my balls, and I'm okay with it. Washingtonville is a team to pay attention to. So, Danny, let me tell you. So, double A, your rankings right now, double A. Danny Lucky, Botch 56, his rankings. Newburgh is one. Who's two, Kingston or Washingtonville? I'm going to take Washingtonville. Newburgh, Washingtonville. Who's three, Kingston or Pine Bush? Kingston and then Pine Bush. Kingston and then Pine Bush. Okay, there's your. Uh... And, I, and I say this to I say that to say this. This past week, Washingtonville beat a great New Paltz team. Very good. Okay, they beat them by twenty handedly. Monroe, always a big rival, having a decent year. Beat them as well, and then they finished it off. By beating Middletown on Friday at Middletown. Not easy to do. Again, Kelly doesn't have the athletes like he's had in the past. They're still Middletown. They still have some athleticism. Absolutely, especially at home. And that's and that's a, that, that's a game that you have to win. I'm telling you, Graham is getting hot. The kid's averaging 22 points a game the last week. I keep saying the same thing every week with Aquino. He does anything you ask him. He blocks shots. He defends. Hendricks all over the court. Mozon's chipping in. This junior, David Miskovic. Excellent, excellent. They're playing really, really well. I want to see them in a hostile environment to really let to see if they have what it takes. But Newburgh, very impressed. Very okay. impressed. So there's your double A boys. Let's go to single A. Uh, I'm guessing Minnesink still. Minnesink still number one. Monticello. 
Monticello having a real, real good run. Uh, they're playing very well along with FDR, and then it probably rounds out with, I'm guessing, New Paltz. Um, you know, this week, I'm not sure what the games are. I have to check it on. You know, I don't have the schedules in front of me. But Minnesink for sure. Um, they had a tough game against Pinebush. They should have beat Pinebush, Minnesink. Yeah, that's know? up in class. That is so correct. So your single-A rankings would be Minnesink is one. Is Monticello two? I'm going to say Minnesink, FDR, Monticello, Monticello New, New Pulse. Pulse. Um, uh, I did go to two games uh, for the first time this year. I did see Goshen uh, got down early against you had Kevin Stein. Um, Kevin Stein, Chester, I mean, Goshen scored three points in the first quarter, wound up losing by a half a dozen. Uh, definitely the tail you of two You went to that hits. rematch this week. Yes. Oh, good for you. And then Goshen goes into Burke and knocks off Burke, which I thought was an upset. So Goshen has played seven good quarters this week. If they would have played eight good quarters, we might be talking about a 2-0 and maybe a little uptick in the Goshen team. But I don't know if they can make the playoffs um, there in, in A. Uh, I just mentioned Chester, B. Is it Chester and anybody else? It's it's Chester, it's uh, Marlboro, uh, Antiora, and Spackenkill. Chester much better than any of those teams? They are. I th- I think Stein's uh, a good player. He is, Stein's a they great player. They have good athletes. They have a big kid on their team. I don't know his name. Center, nice touch, um, good footwork. Um, quite frankly, I didn't think they got him the ball enough. Sure. Marlboro has a very good team as well. You know, well coached. They take a lot of pride in, you know, in that program. Um, but Chester probably if uh, – listen – they stay undefeated. They beat Cornwall last night, right? Stein Chester led. beat Cornwall? Chester beat Cornwall last night, mm. correct? It's a big win for them. And naturally, you know, led by Kevin Stein, 17 points. They're, they have two games left this week before they go into the playoffs. They play Sullivan West and they play Livingston Manor. They'll probably walk all over them. They're going to go into the tournament, you know, section tournament, 17-0, and 0, with a target on the back, but I think they embrace it. Mm-hmm. I think okay. they embrace it. So okay, that's A double A. That's double A A, and we covered B girls. Anything? Uh, anything? I, Cornwall. You know, I wish Dick was here. I don't have all the information. I know Marlboro had another loss. I didn't get a chance to see them play. I did see them a couple of weeks ago when they lost to that game at FDR. Um, they lost another game as well, but they too are probably the best team in the girls in that class. You got Monroe girls, maybe undefeated, maybe one loss. I don't have all that info in front of me. And Cornwall's really putting together a nice little, a nice little run. Um, D- Danny, let me ask you this: Come state tournament time, who, you know, makes a deeper run, Chester in B or Newburgh in Double A? I would think it's a lot tougher road for Newburgh. It is a lot tougher road. The one thing uh, that is in the Newburgh favor is Mount Vernon, the powerhouse for forty years out of Section One. They're having a down year. Okay. Do I still think they're going to represent Section 1? Probably. But now you have Suffern just put themselves on the map. It's just tough when that Class AA, Chester should walk, barring injury or an extreme upset. They should probably make their way up to Glens Falls. It's it's a much harder road for NFA for sure. But I would be shocked if I don't see them. Well, I'd be shocked if I don't see Chester. I'll accept if I don't see Newburgh up there. But Newburgh's real fun to watch. Washingtonville. Just to finish up here with the Wizards, Washingtonville loses in the uh, Section 9 championship final. To Is it a successful year for Washingtonville if they lose to anybody else but Newburgh? Uh, in the lucky rank ratings? You know, I think they have the horses this year to compete with the Newburgh team. You know, uh, no, I, I, would, I don't think it's a success unless they really win this section. 
Well, you, you know? just said you're telling me it's only no. a success if they beat Newburgh. No, they they got to have a good year, but I I can't see why they can't get there. But you know well, what? You just you're said just but they it, can't win a section unless they beat Newburgh. Correct. But by the same token, we're not going to say okay, we lose to Kingston or we have a bad game against you know Pymish or it was still a good year. Well, that's what but, I'm asking you. Well, it is a good year for them, you know, record wise. Um, but. They just always struggle with these double-A schools, and a lot okay. of it's with the enrollment that's going to change next year, I believe. They'll go down to A. Uh, Player of the year? These kids from Newburgh are out of control. Amari Tice is a great player to watch. Uh, they have a couple of good guards up at Kingston as well. Uh, Graham is really starting to come alive. Are they going to give player of the year to a kid who may not win this section? I don't know. Averaging 22 Okino. in the last few games. Okino is my preseason player of the year. I'm kind of all over the map. This kid does everything. You really need to make it a point to go watch him play. And I believe you're go- we're going to be talking with uh, Ryan Hendricks. That is correct. My uh, goal is to have Hendricks, who is their little, you know, ever-ready battery bunny that does not ever, ever, ever lose any steam, does anything coaches ask him very well, you know, disciplined, zero fear. I'm hoping to have him in the studio next week. He's just waiting to um, tighten up a few things on where he's going to go to the next level. It looks like he's probably going to be playing football, which is his best option since he gave up baseball a couple years ago. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that as well. And if any you guys out there listening, you can contact us. Tell us why you should be Player of the Year. Tell us why we should be talking about you. You can reach us on Twitter at Darren Kunis. That's at D-A-R-I-N-K-U-N-I-S. Or at B-O-C-H-5-6. That's Botch56. Get in touch with us. Send us some highlights. Tell us you want to come up here and talk about what you're doing so great. And we will be glad to talk about you. Thank you all. Have a great night.